I am Grandpa, and I love you. I'm Grandma, and I love you too. Welcome to our podcast, Grandpa and Grandma Bedtime Stories. We share some stories that will make you laugh. We share stories that might make you cry. And we share stories that will give you courage to choose the right. And these bedtime stories will help you to dream sweet dreams. So get on your pajamas and say your prayers. Turn out the light and hear our story tonight. Good evening. Tonight's bedtime story is another Bigfoot story. Yay! Before I start the story, I need to remind you of something. Please remember, Bigfoot stories have a basis in fact, but aren't totally what people would call objective reality. I admit that I make up some things in these stories. But with that said, let's get started. In October 2022, Grandpa and Grandma Hill took your Aunt Sarah and cousins Nathan and Booker to a cruise on a gigantic boat, the Norwegian Breakaway. It holds 3,963 passengers. And that is absolutely true. I just Googled it. This was a seven-day cruise. It started in New York City on October 9th, then proceeded to Newport, Rhode Island, Portland, Maine, Bar Harbor, Maine, St. John, New Brunswick, Halifax, Nova Scotia, and then back to New York City on October 16th. Doesn't that sound fun? On the third day of our cruise, October 11th, 2022, we anchored in a bay off of Portland, Maine. On a cruise, the boat usually sails during the evening and night, and then by morning stops at a port where the people on the cruise ship can get off and spend the day doing fun things, like exploring or boring things like shopping. Before getting off the ship, we were looking for fun things to do when Aunt Sarah spied with her little eye on her little iPhone a very unusual possibility. We could visit the Cryptozoology Museum. Yes! We could visit the Portland Cryptozoology Museum. Amazing! Wait a minute. What in the heck is a Cryptozoology Museum? I looked it up on my slightly bigger iPhone Pro and found two definitions. One was the study of hidden or unknown animals, which sounded quite scientific. However, Wikipedia reported, Cryptozoology is a pseudoscience and subculture that searches for and studies unknown, legendary, or extinct animals whose present existence is disputed or unsubstantiated particularly those popular in folklore, such as Bigfoot. Wow, I wasn't sure what pseudoscience meant, but I was very interested to explore this museum because I could find out more about the description, history, and information about my wonderful friend, Bigfoot. Grandma decided to stay on the boat and work on her book, and so Aunt Sarah... Booker, Nathan, and I got off the cruise ship and onto a tender to go to shore. Do any of you know what a tender is? I didn't know what a tender was when I was your age. In fact, I didn't know what a tender was until I was 40 years old. So I'll tell you now what a tender is. Then you can be smarter than me. A tender is a little boat that tends to the need of a bigger boat. There was no place in the Portland Harbor for the gigantic Norwegian breakaway to dock, so they had to drop anchor about half a mile from shore. 
Then there were these little boats that would ferry us to land. These little boats were called tenders. We rode in a jam-packed tender with close to a zillion people in it. We were definitely not practicing social distancing. Once we were on shore, we found a taxi. Do you know what a taxi is? It is a car that will take you anywhere you want, as long as the place you want to go is on a road, and as long as you pay them about $5 for every mile you go. Our taxi driver in his little taxi took us about five miles right from the dock to the Cryptozoology Museum. Guess how much he charged us? You're right. He charged us $25. I also gave him a $5 tip because he was nice and told us a story of how he came to America. From the moment I got to the Portland Cryptozoology Museum, I was absolutely amazed. It was mostly about Bigfoot but also had information and relics about very interesting creatures like Yeti and the abominable snowman. Right outside of the museum, there was a giant wooden sculpture of a humongous hairy creature that looked kind of like an overgrown gorilla. It had a kind of dumb look on its face, with a mean look in its eyes. I was astounded to see that it was supposedly Bigfoot. As soon as I saw that creature... I know this wasn't a real image of Bigfoot because the Bigfoot I knew looked really smart and he was kind. Still, the four of us took a picture there anyway, and if you don't believe me, just text me and I'll text back the photo. In the museum, I was astonished at how many dozens, no hundreds, no thousands of people have reported seeing Bigfoot. They had a map of North America and there were dots all over the map. Each dot represented a Bigfoot sighting. Wow, Bigfoot really gets around. There was a cluster of dots in northwest Washington, in Olympic National Park, right where Bigfoot first helped me and my friends so many years ago. I didn't report the sighting, but apparently many others did report seeing Bigfoot. We also saw a film which showed Bigfoot walking along a stream, probably going to help someone. This is the only verified photography of Bigfoot. The Bigfoot in this film looked much more like the Bigfoot I knew. He looked strong, smart, and kind. We also saw photos and casts of many, many footprints that supposedly came from Bigfoot. Some of these were obviously fake, but some seemed to be quite real. We spent hours and hours, well, at least one hour, looking at everything they had about Bigfoot and other unknown and unsubstantiated creatures in the Cryptozoology Museum. Then I noticed a little old man with thin gray hair and wrinkles and little spectacle glasses. He was staring at us quite intently. Do you ever have the feeling that someone is looking at you, and then you look up and indeed someone is staring at you? That's how I felt with this guy. I was a little concerned when he slowly approached Nathan and said in a little squeaky voice that I could just barely understand, It seems like you're very interested in Bigfoot. Nathan laughed as he replied, I like to chuckle a little at the pseudoscience and how gullible some people are to believe in Bigfoot. So yes, I am interested in Bigfoot, but I know he does not exist. The old man raised his spectacles a little and responded with his little squeaky voice. 
Ah, so you're an unbeliever. My name is P.A. Grande, and I can assure you that Bigfoot is real. Nathan looked at P.A. Grande with soft contempt and said, Listen to me, little old man with funny glasses. Bigfoot is just a legend. Bigfoot is mythical. Bigfoot is just someone my grandpa uses in his highly entertaining but totally fictitious stories. Get that into your little head. Now P.A. Grande was starting to get a little animated. His face turned red. It was like smoke was starting to come out of his ears. He glared at Nathan right in the face, came closer to him, raised his eyebrows and shouted, Listen, Sonny, Bigfoot is as real as I am. If you want proof, come with me and I'll show you. Nathan loved to explore new things, so he decided to follow this P.A. Grande. He shouted to Aunt Sarah, I'll be right back. Then P.A. Grande and Nathan disappeared through a little door behind the exhibits. It was not tall, and they had to duck before going through the door. Afterwards, it closed automatically. Grandpa became concerned when he heard the door lock as it closed. Do you think Nathan should have followed P.A. Grande on his own? I don't think so. Who knows what might be behind that door? I think he should have at least gone with Grandpa or Aunt Sarah. But he didn't. He went on his own, and this was the source of big trouble, and I mean trouble with a capital T, as you will see in this story. Grandpa immediately ran to the door where P.A. Grande and Nathan had disappeared. He tried and tried and tried to open the door. He pushed the door. He pulled the doorknob. He kicked the door. He even spit on the door. But it was all for naught. The door wouldn't budge. Aunt Sarah and Booker joined Grandpa, and they pushed with all their might. The door creaked a little with a scary creak, but it didn't open. Grandpa ran to the front desk and excitedly told the receptionist that he needed to get into that room. The receptionist had a worried look. Are you telling me your grandson went with P.A. Grande and they went into that room? He should never have done that. People who go in there never come out. Now everyone was sick with worry. What was happening with P.A., Grande, and Nathan? Okay, let's see what was happening behind that door. P.A. Grande took Nathan to a big room, and the door closed and locked behind them. In the room was a big vat. Do you know what a vat is? No, not a bat, but a vat. I'll tell you what it is. It is a large tank or tub used to hold liquid. This vat was about 10 feet across and was really more like a small swimming pool. But instead of being filled with a liquid, it was filled with millions of soft, jiggly, green jello squares. There was more green jello in that vat than all the cases of green jello that Grandpa Ray had given to Juanita and me. Then P.A. Grande had a little sinister look on his face. In fact, his eyes turned green, or perhaps they were reflecting the green jello. With a little growl and with a squeaky little voice, he gleefully said, Well, my pseudoscience-drenched friend, do you believe in Bigfoot or not? I'm warning you to give me the right answer, because if you don't, the green jello awaits you. Nathan looked contemptuously at P.A. Grande. 
You can't scare me with your bluster. And I am a person of integrity. I would never lie just to save myself from green jello. And in fact, I like green jello. No, my sinister friend, I don't believe in Bigfoot. Bigfoot is just a legend. Bigfoot is mythical. Bigfoot is just someone my grandpa uses in his highly entertaining but totally fictitious stories. Get that into your squeaky little head. Now Pierre Grande was super angry. He was in a rage. Smoke was indeed pouring out of his ears. He shouted, I gave you a chance, and now you will pay. On Pierre Grande's command, a gaggle of bats, not vats, descended from the ceiling and started pushing Nathan into the vat. Even though Nathan was very strong, there were just too many bats, and they knocked him into the huge vat filled with jiggly green jello. At first, Nathan just laughed. But as he sunk into the jello, he realized that it was getting harder and harder to breathe. Soon he couldn't breathe at all. He was a goner. He was going to drown in a big vat of jiggly green jello. Oh, no. And that's how the story ends. No, just kidding. Not really. Not so fast. There's more to this story. Let's return to Grandpa, Aunt Sarah, and Booker out in the museum. They stepped outside for a minute to think about things and to try to figure out a plan. And then they heard the cruise ship's whistle blow, telling everyone on shore they had one hour to get back to the ship. Then something amazing happened. When Grandpa heard the ship's whistle, he remembered something from long ago. He remembered that in his pocket... He always kept the whistle that Bigfoot had given him near the cave above the waterfall, above the Enchanted Valley, near the Enchanted Valley Chalet. He shouted to Aunt Sarah and Booker, All is not lost! Then he licked his lips, put the whistle in his mouth, and blew with all his might. Grandpa was incredible. That whistle, though a different pitch, sounded almost as loud as the ship's whistle. A moment later, they heard the booming in the distance that got closer and closer. Boom, boom, boom. A moment later, they heard the sonic boom, and they knew that whatever was coming had been going faster than the speed of sound, which is 761.2 miles per hour at sea level. In just a moment, there appeared the most magnificent creature. It was Bigfoot. It was the real Bigfoot. He didn't look at all like his statue in the Cryptozoology Museum. He was certainly big and strong, but he had kind eyes. And when he spoke, you could tell he was very intelligent. He stood there right in front of Grandpa and Aunt Sarah and Booker as they stood with their mouths wide open. Bigfoot looked at them and said, That was a very loud whistle. I heard it all the way across the country. Even though I was having dinner on the banks of the Quinault River, I came immediately. I am glad I have mastered hypersonic travel. Good to see you again. How can I help you? Grandpa with urgency said, P.A. Grande has taken my gorgeous grandson Nathan through a door which is now locked inside the museum, and we are worried that something bad is happening to him. Bigfoot immediately responded, Let's roll. Follow me. 
And so the four of them rushed into the cryptozoology museum. When Bigfoot came to the solid locked door, he just pushed it in with one of his little pinky fingers. They burst into the room and saw the big vat filled with jiggly green jello and quickly surmised what had happened. Grandpa shouted at P.A. Grande, Did you drown Nathan in this ugly vat of jiggly green jello? P.A. Grande just had a devilish smile. Then Bigfoot came in, picked up the whole vat, and with a confident look said, I love green jello, and started pouring it into his mouth. Then he smiled as he said, Look what I found, and pulled out Nathan by his feet. Nathan had been holding his breath for 121 seconds. Wide-eyed, Nathan took a gasping breath and looked up at Bigfoot. He didn't know what to say, but finally blurted out, Who are you? Bigfoot said, Guess. Nathan responded, No, it couldn't be. Are you Bigfoot? Bigfoot turned toward Nathan and looked him in the eye. I am Bigfoot, but I don't blame you for not believing in me. I'm pretty unbelievable. In fact, if I weren't me, I don't know if I would believe in me either. But I am here, and I am going to help you. Nathan couldn't say anything, but he ran to Bigfoot and hugged him tight. P.A. Grande had climbed to the top of the vat to watch Nathan's demise, but now was dumbfounded to see that the Bigfoot he thought existed didn't, but there was a much more glorious Bigfoot that did indeed exist. This caused his brain to overheat. Again, smoke started billowing out of his ears. Then everyone saw him as he fainted and fell face first into the vat. He started sinking. If no one helped Pierre Grande, he would drown in his own vat of jiggly green jello. Bigfoot looked at Nathan and said, I don't like Pierre Grande, and it would serve him right to drown in his own vat of jiggly green jello. But I help everyone, even those I don't care for. Bigfoot then picked up P.A. Grande by his toe and hung him upside down. P.A. Grande became conscious. Bigfoot looked him in his upside-down eye and said very sincerely, You were dead, and I saved you. I saved your life, and you owe me. Now I expect you to stop being so mean and start being nice. Will you do that? P.A. Grande said, I don't know if I can do that. I actually like being mean. But you did save my life, and I will try to be nice. Grandpa, Aunt Sarah, Nathan, and Booker all cheered. Bigfoot said to everyone, Let's get out of here. Booker said, Wait just a minute, I want something. He leaned over the vat and slurped down a bunch of green jello. Booker loves green jello. When they all got outside, they were horrified to see the cruise ship was no longer in the bay. This adventure had taken so long that the cruise ship was already sailing out to sea. On the boat, Grandma was so worried that Grandpa, Aunt Sarah, Nathan, and Booker had not returned. She had been pleading with the captain to please wait. He had told her he was sorry, but there were 3,959 other passengers, and he could not wait for just four. Grandma was crying so hard because she loved Grandpa and Aunt Sarah and Nathan and Booker so much, and she had no idea what had happened to them. 
Back on the shore, Bigfoot said, Looks like the ship has left. That's too bad. So would you like me to give you a ride on my back to the ship? Would we? Of course we would. He looked at us with kindness and said, I liked helping good people the most, and you are good people. Then from somewhere, he pulled out two rings and a whistle. He gave the whistle to Aunt Sarah and the rings to Nathan and Booker. He didn't give anything to Grandpa because he already had a whistle. Bigfoot turned toward us and looked us in the eyes. If you ever need help again, and I know you will, just blow your whistle or rub your ring, and I'll be there in a flash. After all, I have mastered hypersonic travel. Then he got on all fours and called out, Climb on my back and let's go for a ride. Grandpa, Aunt Sarah, Nathan, and Booker all climbed on Bigfoot's back. He was so big there was plenty of room. He said, Are you ready? Hold on. And we realized he had a strap tied around his back. We all took the strap in our hands and held on for dear life. Off they rose into the sky. Our group could see Portland, Maine below us as Bigfoot gained altitude. And then, swoosh, they headed out to sea. They had such a good time. They were sorry that in just two minutes they were above the cruise boat. Bigfoot went lower and lower, and when they were about low enough, he said, Jump! Trust me, just jump! So Grandpa, Aunt Sarah, Nathan, and Booker jumped. They fell and fell and fell, and then splash! They landed right in the swimming pool in the middle of Deck 15 of the Norwegian Cruise Line vessel Breakaway. They made a huge splash that got lots of people wet. The lifeguard, who had been half asleep, woke up and said, Hey, no diving! And then he went back to sleep. At that moment, Grandma happened to be standing by the swimming pool, crying and crying and crying because she was so worried about Grandpa, Aunt Sarah, Nathan, and Booker. Even though she got soaked when they landed in the pool, Grandma was so happy to see them all. She opened her arms, and even though they were soaking wet, Grandma gave Aunt Sarah, Nathan, and Booker a big hug, as big as Bigfoot. She loved them so much. She didn't give Grandpa a big hug, though. She gave Grandpa a big kiss. She loves Grandpa so much. She said, I thought you had missed the ship, but you were just here swimming all the time. How was the Cryptozoology Museum? Grandpa said, let's talk about it over dinner. We should change our clothes. And then he started to wonder what he would tell Grandma about their quite miraculous experiences. And he wondered if she would believe them. Well, that's the end of our story for tonight. Sweet dreams, chocolate creams, sleep tight, and don't let the bed bugs bite. Love y'all. We hope you enjoyed tonight's bedtime story. We hope you felt our love for you. And we hope you will have sweet dreams tonight. We love you so much.